الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله مع الصابرين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in his glorious book that Allah is with the sabirin. So for those people who seek that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be with them, it becomes very important to define exactly what we mean by this term sabirin. And actually the ulama, they have a very strict definition of what it means to be people of sabir. Sabirin comes from, is a plural of uh, sabir. And it means those people who exercise patience. So actually there's three types of patience that a person who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exhibits. And when they exhibit all three types of this patience, irrespective of the situation that they face, that's when the truest meaning of this verse comes within their life. So the very first type of sabr is sabr on the good deeds that you do. So, if there's a human being, they're doing good deeds, they're doing them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a type of sabr is actually to be patient on the deeds that you do. And that sabr is in two ways. Number one, you have sabr on the, on the deed itself, meaning you're regular in how you do it. So, you'll even find this in the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam that he would never start a deed except that he could be continuous and perpetual in that deed. So for example, if the Prophet ﷺ would pray a particular prayer, he would not, if he, if he once that entered in his life, once that entered into his daily schedule, he would pray that prayer every single day. He would not miss it without fail. And I'll give you a very interesting example. One time the Prophet ﷺ, he had prayed his Zuhar prayer, but he didn't have time to pray the sunnah of the Dhuhr prayer. Because a group of people had come to learn about Islam. And he wanted to spend time teaching them and explaining to them what the deen was all about. So he spent time with this group of people all the way until the Asr prayer. Then the time for the Asr prayer was there, so he prayed the Asr prayer. Now you know that from Asr prayer to Maghrib prayer, once you've prayed the prayer, it's, you're not supposed to pray anything after Asr prayer. So anyway, that day, because the Prophet ﷺ had missed the sunnah of Luhr and he wanted to make it up, he prayed some rakahs after the Asr prayer. And because he did it one day, he then did it every single day of his life after that. That's what we mean by being sabr on a particular deed, having sabr on a particular deed. In fact, Aisha anha, or one of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, once asked the Prophet ﷺ, should we also pray these rakahs after the Asr prayer, after praying the farad of the Asr prayer? The Prophet ﷺ said, no, this was only for me. Meaning he was doing it because he had missed, those, for on one day he was making up those rakahs of the sunnah of Dhuhr, and then every single day thereafter he continued to do those rakahs. So that's what we mean by having sabr on a deed. That we have sabr on the deeds that we do in that when we add something to our schedule, we perpetuate it continuously. So we have to be very careful about what you add to your schedule. And when you add something, you want to keep it consistent all the way until you meet your Lord. The second type of sabr that you have on a good deed 
is that when you do that deed, you wait for its effects to occur. Now, sometimes you establish a new deed. You decide that you're going to sit down and do muraqabah for 15 minutes. Or you're going to sit down after Fajr prayer and make istighfar and read salawat on the Prophet ﷺ. So you establish that deed in your schedule, but you don't necessarily feel its positive effects right away or every day. But still, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes you to be consistent upon that deed whether you feel something or whether you don't feel something. Because you're not doing it for the feelings. You're doing it for Allah. Right? We don't do, we don't pray salah because we feel something. We pray salah because Allah told us to pray salah. If you feel something, you do. If you don't feel something, you don't. It doesn't mean you can leave the salah. So in the same way, having sabr upon a deed, a good deed, means that number one, you be consistent in that deed. And number two, you be patient with the results of that deed. So that's the first type of sabr. The second type of sabr is to have sabr to stay away from sins. You're challenged in a situation. It's a difficult situation. You're tempted to do a particular sin and then you have sabr and you hold back from that particular sin. So that's the second type of sabr. And this also draws in the ma'iyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, we know from hadith that there will be people on the day of judgment who will be very close to Allah and who will be shaded under the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of those people will be that person to whom a very beautiful woman comes and offers him the opportunity to do zina, but he turns that opportunity down because of his fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what we mean by having sabr. That's what, exactly this, what, what that example is. That this individual, he was offered the opportunity to have pleasure with a very beautiful person, but because of his remembrance of Allah, because of his fear of Allah, because of the fact that he was a servant of Allah, he decides that he won't do that. And just because of that one event, just because of withholding that one single time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts him in his shade on the day of judgment when there will be no shade except his. So that's the, beauty, that's the benefit of having sabr against a bad deed. Having sabr to refrain from a bad deed. So sometimes when we feel caught up about to do a sin, and you think for a second, you know, sometimes, when you, especially when, as you begin to rectify yourself, right before you're about to do a sin, you think. It comes in your mind, I really shouldn't do this. If you can, try to stop yourself at that point. Because if you catch yourself, it really brings in the ma'iyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the qurb of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the nearness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Inna Allah ma'as-sabirin. Allah is with the people who have sabr. So the first type of sabr is to have sabr upon the good deeds that we do, to make them consistent and to wait for their effects. The second type of sabr is to have sabr upon a way to stay away from the bad deeds that we're challenged with. And the third type of sabr is to have sabr when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows a difficult situation upon you. Now, when Allah bestows a difficult situation upon us, having sabr means that we don't complain about the situation and that we are content with the fact that that is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should realize that actually the difficulties that we undergo in this world, they are actually designed to purify us. We only have certain abilities. We can only do so much worship. And we can only stay away from so much sin. But if Allah really loves someone, and He wants to draw them even nearer to Him, He will challenge that person. He will definitely challenge that person and he will put difficulty upon that person. 
And when that person faces that difficulty, if they remain patient, and they remain thankful to Allah, and they remember that this difficulty came from Allah, so I'm going to bear it with patience because I am a servant of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws them very near. And this is the life of the Prophet ﷺ. In every regard, this is the life of the Prophet. Number one, look at his sabr on his deeds that he did. He was so consistent. He was he had istiqama. That's the key thing. He had istiqama. He stood straight upon the path that he walked. And number two, he, he not only experienced his deeds, but he was very patient in the experience of his deeds. Number one. Number two, look at his how he refrained himself from sin. He didn't even... Not only would he refrain himself from sin, he wouldn't even think about it. He wouldn't even go near the door of it. He wouldn't even think about the footsteps that are, that take you to it. So that was the second way the Prophet ﷺ lived this particular ayah. And the third was that the Prophet ﷺ had tremendous sabr despite incredible difficulties. No man has undergone more difficulties than the Prophet ﷺ. Look at his life. Loses his parents, loses his relative, foster parent after foster parent thrown out by his community. Most of his children die. So one of his children dies in his arm. Can you imagine this? One-year-old son dying in his arms. I mean, you just look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ, how difficult it was, how much hunger he experienced, how much he, he underwent for the sake of this deen, and you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was in effect drawing him even near, even more near to him, and we'll see that on the Day of Judgment. So these are the three ways. Now one person may be very good in doing ibadat. So they'll draw, to Allah, they'll draw near to Allah through that. Another person, he may not do as much ibadah, but he may be very good, or she may be very good at withholding themselves from bad. They'll also draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's a third person whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tends to test a lot. He tests them so that he can draw them near by their remaining patient. So any time a difficulty under, we undergo a difficulty, we should remember that this is from Allah. So long as Allah keeps us in His deen, any difficulty is bearable because it's always going to pass. The only permanent difficulty is distance from Allah. And for that, we have to complain. The Prophet ﷺ told us to complain about that. But aside from that, whether it be you lose a couple hundred dollars because you scratch your car, or whether it be somebody saying something bad about you, or whether it be a difficult situation at work, the best thing is to take it and bear it with silence and patience and actually thank Allah. And say, oh Allah, thank you for giving me this situation because I know that my deeds are not going to get me to Jannah. And I know that I don't have the ability to refrain myself from the things I shouldn't be doing. So alhamdulillah that Allah cared that much that He actually tested me in a way that I could bear a test and draw, and He draws me near to Him through that. And we know from hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, even the thorn prick of a Muslim, even the difficulty that a Muslim faces when they're pricked by a thorn will be difficulty, will be rewarded and will drop the sins from them. So it's a means of purification. We should never complain about something difficult. Difficulty is good. It's a way by which we get closer to Allah. So don't mind that. If you, if, if you have to face a difficulty, it's not a big deal. Stand up and say, Alhamdulillah. Thank Allah for it. Actually, we should. And on the Day of Judgment, people will be thanking Allah for the difficulties that they face. I know that we look at the world and we complain about the situation of the Muslims, but another way to look at it is to thank Allah and say, SubhanAllah, at least Allah cared enough that when the Muslims were leaving his deen, rather than just letting them go into another religion and vanishing from the face of the earth, he punished them here. 
Because at least if they get, lose their lives and their property and their homes and their wealth and their children on this world, and they undergo that with sabr, at least they get a reward in the hereafter. But if they lost their deen, which many of our communities are heading towards, what would be their result? It would be complete distance from Allah on the Day of Judgment. So some of these things that we see as to be so bad to the Muslim community are actually Allah's mercy on the Muslim community. I know it's a weird way of looking at things, but that's actually what it is. It's Allah's mercy. And on the Day of Judgment, we'll see it. So remember that our goal is the ma'iyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's three paths when you take this particular ayah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah is with those who exercise patience. What type of patience? They exercise patience on the good deeds that they do. They exercise patience to refrain from the bad deeds that face them. And they exercise patience when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenges them in order for them to be drawn nearer to Him. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to exercise all three types of this patience. وَآخِرَ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ